Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever, wherever you happen to be, no matter what timeline it is <laughs> in this dimension, I hope that you are able to always in every single situation be your most authentic self. Now, when you're acting like somebody else or you're acting like the person you believe everyone wants you to believe to be, what happens is you just burn yourself out. You get exhausted and you just can't really keep it up for a bit too long. You know, and I know that when I was younger, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, my thing was that I acted different with different people. And to a certain extent, everybody does that. Even now, no matter how old you get, there's certain people that you laugh and joke around with a lot. There are people that you are just very serious and you talk about deeper issues with, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's being your authentic self in different groups with different topics or different, um, ways of being with those people because they're different aspects of you. So if you're gregarious and fun with one group and you're, uh, kind of quiet and solemn with another group, if those are really who you are, just different aspects of your personality on different days, different times, that's not a problem because it's not going to burn you out. But what I'm talking about is if you are feeling like you are always expected to perform, you always have to do a specific task. You always have to do something and maybe you started it, but no one else will allow you to be anything different than that person uh, that you created. And it's exhausting. You know, if you were always playing the bad boy and everyone thought, ah, he's the bad boy, you know him. Of course, he went to jail last week after he got drunk. He's the bad boy. You know, (laughs) if that's like your personality sometimes, or if it's not your personality, but it keeps happening, you know, uh, you have to take a step back from some of these things. Some of these can be very destructive. You know, my dad told me that he hates it when his brother comes to town because they end up going to bars. And every time his brother says, let's go to the bar, my dad knows that means he's going to be in a bar fight. When you're from Kentucky, that's what happens. 
And my dad's like, that's not me anymore. When I was 20, you know, there's only two reasons you leave the house on a Friday night in Kentucky. One, you're looking to get laid. You want to go catting around. Or two, <laughs> you uh, are looking for a fight. You want to have a throwdown with somebody. Anybody, anybody who will play that game with you. And as he got older, he's just like, I'm kind of over that though. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. And I have a, I have an ex-boyfriend who, whose brother did the same thing and God rest his brother's soul. He actually passed away, but he told me the same thing. His brother would always do the same thing. And I have another, in fact, two guys that I dated. <laughs> I have another person that I dated that his brother would always just talk smack to whoever because he knew his big brother would beat him up if the guy came after him, you know, and that kind of thing is exhausting. But if you're getting in these situations and it's not you, then maybe sometimes take a step back. Even if it is your brothers, <laughs> it's always the brothers that instigate, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, the first person I told you guys about my dad from Kentucky, but the other men I told you about, they're from California. So it's not just a Kentucky thing, even though it is a Kentucky thing. It's also, I think it's a sibling rivalry brother thing, you know, stories you could come up with later. And oh, I remember that time when, but not only that though, if you're always imagining that you have to be something you're not, you have to play the game. You gotta, you know, um, you don't want to look a fool. You have to put on the right kind of jewelry. You know, if you're a woman, the right kind of makeup, the right kind of clothing, you have to be feminine or you have to be masculine or whatever it is, no matter what your situation is. That's only part of it. There's also the verbal communication. You know, if you, um, know somebody who's popular and you want to be like them and you start communicating like them and you're an introvert, there's a few things that are going to happen. So if you're an extrovert or an introvert, you have two different ways of communicating and listening. Usually extroverts and introverts find each other because opposites attract, whether it's friendship or a relationship. And if you're speaking in metaphors, and insinuations and the person who is trying to listen to you if they don't understand that because they only understand direct language you guys are not going to last very long as friends or as a relationship because it's exhausting to try to understand the other person it's like wait, wait, let me back that up what do you mean by that <laughs> Half of the people in the world speak in inferences and half the people in the world speak directly and half the people in the world listen in inferences and half the people in the world listen directly. So if you speak directly, you want someone who's going to listen to you directly so that they understand you. I don't know if you can hear the, the, the teenagers are outside. It's Friday night and all they do is walk around the Sweet Adela, which is our gated community. And it's super adorable. They just like walk around and 
get drunk because it, you know, you just, anyone can buy alcohol here. It doesn't matter how old you are. You'd be 14 and buy beer. <laughs> so they just like walk around a little bit drunk here. Someone had a guitar. They have fun, laugh and joke. And in a couple hours, they'll go to bed because it's so cold here. We have a micro climate in this area where it's like super, super cold. At night, it was 44 degrees. And when I woke up this morning, <laughs> 44, oh my God, that's so close to 32, which is freezing in Fahrenheit, on Fahrenheit scale anyway. <laughs> but um, it's almost impossible to find a heater here because in Cuenca proper downtown, it's actually warm, even though we're so high up in elevation because the microclimates here are just wild. I mean, you could be even in Quito when you're, you know, a thousand feet higher than where we are now. I think it might be 2000 feet higher in Quito. It's uh, hot, <laughs> hot in the day and very cold at night. Anyway. Um, so yeah. So anyway, as I was saying, half the people speak in inferences and they need people to listen in inferences. So if someone is going to speak in inferences and they say, it's cold in here, then half the people in the world will say, yeah, you're right. It is cold. And the other people, the other people in the world, the other half, the people are going to say, oh yeah, let me turn on the heater. Let me get you a blanket. Would you like a cup of hot tea? Because they took the inference. The inference meaning it's cold in here and I need you to do something for me about it. Please. That's the inference. Half the people in the world go, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So you need, it's imperative that you have the right kind of communication in your life and in your world. Now, if you have really crappy communication with somebody that you know and somebody that you love, chances are you're not, you're either the opposites or you're the same or, you know, or like if you're the opposite of them, that's good, right? Cause you're speaking directly. They're hearing directly. Okay. You know, if you are someone who says, can you turn on the heater? That is a completely direct statement. And if you're, uh, say you're married and your, your partner says, yeah, I'll, I'll turn on right now. Boom. Easy, direct, direct communication. But if you're speaking directly and your partner hears an inferences and you say, can you turn on the heater? What they're going to hear is they want me to turn on the heater because I was irresponsible and I left the back door open and I got it really cold in here and now they're mad at me. (laughs) And it's like, what? No, I just said, can you please turn on the heater? I didn't say anything about any, all that other stuff. So (laughs) this is why it is absolutely important and imperative that you always live your authentic self and you speak in the way that is natural for you. And it's also important and imperative that you understand It's highly possible the person you're living with, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's a friend from college, maybe it's your cousin or your mom, maybe 
the person that you're living with might not speak and hear in the way that you do. And that's where all kinds of communication issues come out. All kinds of things come into play with this. Communication is super fun when you know how to do it right and when you understand what's happening. But it can be a nightmare if you're in a relationship and your partner's constantly accusing you of things that you didn't even say. You were like, I said it was cold. It's cold. That's all I mean. (laughs) Why don't you understand me? What the heck? (laughs) And that's why hopefully that will clear up a lot of your relationship um, communication issues if you do have them because it's super important to understand how people are in the world. Try to figure it out. Are you somebody who speaks in inferences? Are you somebody who speaks in direct language? If you look at the TV show um, Arrested Development, you will find out (laughs) that the family, their communication is so screwed up and that's what makes it hilarious. It was one of the funniest shows I've ever seen and they're all self-absorbed people that don't understand each other and they don't know how to communicate. So like the mother will say something and she'll mean the inference of it, but the sons will hear it directly and go, yeah, that's true. And then sometimes they'll go, oh, wait, I saw what you did there. <laughs> like if someone says, I'm trying to talk to you. And then the other person says, yeah, you are trying. <laughs> that has two different meanings, right? So you have to be careful with what you say and how you act and how, like, if you act like you're a very flamboyant person, like always, um, kind of leading with your body. That's what in, um, hypnotherapy school, we call physical being a physical person. You know, you're wearing like loud colors and flashy things. If you're a woman, maybe you're low cut. Maybe even if you're a man, you wear like a low cut shirt. you know think that 70s cold chain thing no one does that anymore but when the men and women dress in very flamboyant um things they tend to hear directly they hear things directly but they speak in inferences so you have to kind of decipher what the hell they're talking about (laughs) but if you're, um, an emotional was what we call not an emo, um, like, you know, sad Gothic stereotype thing. I don't mean that an emotional person is somebody who they will, um, lead with their emotions because they want to protect their body. The physicals will lead with their body because they want to protect their emotions. It's like really interesting. It's very intricate, maybe more so than what I need for the show to discuss this with you guys. But if you are an introvert or otherwise known as an emotional person, meaning that you protect your emotions, you, you actually, I'm sorry, I have it backwards. I think, okay. You protect your emotions because you don't want people to know your inner self because you're very shy. So if you're an introvert, but you think, in order to have a certain job, I'm going to dress this way. And you start wearing very flamboyant colors and you're kind of 
um, acting the way that you think you're supposed to be acting to get that job, then everyone is going to not understand you at all because you're operating from an incongruency. You know, you're um, not speaking in the way that people expect you to speak. And what I mean here is direct or indirect. I mean, direct or inferences. And you're not hearing. So it it makes it really kind of crazy. You know, most people who are emos dress in like beiges or grays or pastel colors. They might wear colors, but they'll, you know, black and white also. They might wear um, pastel colors like, you know, pink or baby blue or pale turquoise. But if you see someone like that, then you kind of can understand them a little bit more. They're probably an introvert. (laughs) But I think that either way, I don't know if you can be an introvert and an emo, emotional or not. So I don't want to get to this theory is it's from Dr. Um, Dr. Kappas from the hypnosis motivation Institute where I got my degree. But, um, I don't know, just, I found it really fascinating. I started thinking about today and I started thinking about, um, because I'm taking this English as a second language or I mean, yeah, basically it's TESOL to teach people that, that want to have English as a second language. So trying to get my certification for TESOL and they said that if you're a teacher, you're going to be burned out if you start acting like someone you're not. (laughs) I mean, you do have to act out some things, but if someone tells you to do that and you do that, it's going to burn you out if you don't feel like doing that. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, you know what? That's a, that applies to everything in the whole wide world, right? Like that applies to your life and your relationships. So if you're dressing in a way now, what if you're a very flamboyant person, but you want to look, um, the part, like say you're a lawyer and you want to dress like better call Saul, (laughs) you want to dress like Saul Goodman from one of my favorite shows. (laughs) You want to dress like him and act like him and be kind of loud, but you feel like maybe lawyers are supposed to be more subtle. So then you start acting shy because you feel like you're an actor playing a role versus actually being yourself. That's going to exhaust you. You won't have any, um, outlet for your personality, for your big personality, right? So, or the opposite way, you know, if you think that you should be like Saul and you're more like, you know, Harvey Specter on suits, <laughs> you're acting like Saul. Cause you think that's what a criminal attorney dresses like, acts like, <laughs> is like, you're going to burn yourself out, right? I mean, this applies to everyone, not just attorneys or teachers. It just applies to your life. Like, so if you are authentic and you're not constantly having to put a a mask. Oh yeah. Wait, we're all wearing masks these days. Proverbial, a a, a metaphorical mask (laughs) because yes, you have to wear your N95. (laughs) And by the way, it's becoming a status thing. I got to say. My, my friend told me a really cool story today about a deaf guy who could not read lips. So he designed a mask that has a little plastic panel in it so he could see people's lips 
he could see them he could do lip reading <laughs> I'm like that's so cool oh my god that might be you know billion dollar thing I don't know <laughs> because maybe I mean you want to show off that sexy shade of lipstick the other day I did I put some lipstick on and then I put my mask on I'm like well that was dumb <laughs> that's a waste of my MAC lipstick damn it <laughs> so I mean hey maybe you want your makeup to be a little bit more you know showing if you're a woman and you wear makeup hey maybe but <laughs> so now I was thinking about this I was thinking about all these things that people do to try to get along to try to be popular to try to be liked to try to be um, something they're not and it must be exhausting Johnny Carson of the famous Johnny Carson show the Tonight Show basically it's called the Tonight Show he was an introvert a serious introvert he hated interacting with people but he put on the brave face and went to work and played the role played the part every single night of a person who interviews people for a living he was loud he was funny he he sometimes was a little bit obnoxious he was hysterically funny and everybody in the world loved him but when he got home he would lock himself in his room and he wouldn't talk to anybody that's why he and his wife divorced I think he ended up with another wife for a while and then she divorced him too because he's not that funny amazing great guy that he is on TV back back in the day and God rest you God rest your soul Johnny Carson but he was very shy he was painfully shy he never left the house unless he was there working and he did that to perform so that he could make money so that he could do what he wanted to do and he enjoyed his work he loved his work but that was a facade it wasn't who he was in reality world <laughs> so so yeah there you go I I, I uh, that was just my two cents for today because I I am authentic I am who I say I am and a few people mentioned on my video that I made on Instagram that I am a sincere person and people contact me you know outside of that too that say I'm really a genuine and authentic and sincere person like it's shocking that I'm not a personality for the show <laughs> I'm like oh my god can you imagine I don't think I could have done 500 episodes if I was putting on something if I was acting like I was someone I'm not my God, that would be exhausting. Who could keep that up? Certainly not me. <laughs> oh, and here we go with the coughing again. Um, I woke up this morning. I couldn't taste. All right, so on to other things. I wanted to let you guys know or tell you something funny that happened this morning. You know, we're all multidimensional, and I've talked about hopping timelines and being consciously aware of it quite a bit. I've talked about moving forward and backwards in time, visiting my old selves and other past lives, because time is an illusion. 
once you get past that idea and you understand and comprehend that time really is an illusion, you're going to be a lot happier, honestly. You'll be a lot happier. You're going to go, oh yeah, all right. Because then you start to become unstuck in time. Your mind can go forward and see what your future holds. It can go backwards and not just like to fight that you wish you could change because you can't go back and change what you already did. But what you can do is you could go back to past lives and have a conversation with that part of you. That's an aspect of you. I went one time back to my myself in Egypt and I told her it's okay. Obviously you're going to die, but everybody dies. Don't worry. But there's nothing wrong with you that you want to only seek divine. Like, cause I was really spiritual in that life. And I just, I didn't want a husband. I didn't want anything. I had a guy who was a servant and my dad was like a, I don't know, Sultan or something. And my, and I had like a guy who was like my servant who would come and like make the bath and prepare the bath and all that. And I started to fall in love with him because he was a very sweet person. And he, um, was falling in love with me and my father found out and he had him castrated. You know, so it was like a horrible thing to happen. And then he was just, he hated me and resented me after that. And, um, (coughs) after that, all I cared about was finding God. I mean, I was mildly interested in this guy, but God was always my focus. And my dad didn't understand it. My dad was a drinker and a gambler, which is probably what turned me to God in the first place. So I went back to my former self and I said, look, I met that I, you know, whatever his name was back then, I forgot. Like I met him and he's okay. Everything's okay. He's a little afraid of you still, but he's okay. (laughs) You know, just associating with you is a little scary for him. And we get that right, but he's okay. So don't worry. And it's okay to seek God. And, um, then I told her to fight back when the guy was getting ready to kill her, which was me. Because my dad uh, sold me, sold me in a gambling game. His addictions screwed him up and sold me to this guy who wanted to marry me. And then the guy tried to rape me in the desert and I went let him and I fought him and he killed me. He did not rape me, just killed me. And, um, but I did fight him. Cool. Didn't want to give him satisfaction, right? So... But I, you know, went back and I talked to that person who I used to be and I, she, and I hugged her and I gave her love and I gave her energy and you can't change the past, but you can give your past self, right? So you could become unstuck in time, which is really cool. I love that, that you can become unstuck <laughs> in a way you're still here where you are, but you can use your consciousness to go forward and backward and anywhere, anywhere you want. So anyway, I became aware that two timelines were merging this morning it happened over the night. So last night or yesterday I got my groceries. My son went upstairs and he said he was tired. He's taking a nap, which I know he's been super hungry and napping a lot. He's growing. Anyway, he's upstairs 
and I got all the groceries and, you know, global pandemic and everything. I sprayed everything with rubbing alcohol and took everything apart and did all that, put it all away. And I woke up this morning and for a a little while, I heard my son taking in the groceries and spraying everything. And I had the complete awareness that it's, he's going to do it, but I did it yesterday. And, and I'm like, Oh wow. And I felt two bodies in one body. I felt my body like being two bodies and I'm like, Oh, timelines just merged. And I was in the process of merging. I should have slept through that part, but I woke up in time and I consciously fused those two bodies together. I don't know how to explain this. It was so freaky. <laughs> but the 2% that was different was that my son got the groceries and not me. Cause every timeline is 2% different. The closest timelines to you, you could hop a timeline and you're not going to even understand that you hopped a timeline or you might go, Oh, that's weird. Didn't my gym bag used to be a slightly different color green? <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's weird. I think I parked the car out on the street last night. How come it's in the driveway? That's weird. And then you kind of shake it off and you move on about your day. Usually the timelines are only 2% different. So it's like basics. There's like two or three things different and then, okay, well the rest of it's fine. All right, cool. Okay. You know, but, um, anyway, so I had this, this, my body's fused together and I had to consciously will them to be together because I was phasing in and out and I've heard this weird sound about it, about me, about my body. It's like, I wasn't totally fusing together somehow. So I consciously willed it. Okay. I'm going to fuse these timelines together. Dag nab it. And I did it. And then I re- I remembered my son just got the groceries, but I got the groceries yesterday. And if I merge two bodies together, that means we have more chips. <laughs> I have extra potato chips. Oh my God. I can't believe that was my thought, but that was my thought. Always with the practicality in me. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Double the food. (laughs) Food from last, uh, yesterday's timeline. Food from today's timeline. Bada boom, bada bing. I don't have to shop for two weeks. (laughs) I got to get up and put that extra meat in the freezer. (laughs) of all weird things for me to think. And that's what I thought. We have extra chips. That's awesome. Extra meat for my son who's growing right now. Lots of vegetables. This is awesome. And then I thought, how am I going to fit the vegetables in the drawer? (laughs) The drawer is full. The vegetable drawer filled to the brim right now with vegetables. And I'm going to make, I bought some blue cheese dressing and I have never in my life made blue cheese dressing. I mean, I bought blue cheese. And I haven't had blue cheese since 2012, <laughs> since the proverbially proverb, uh, proverbial end of the world. So, <laughs> I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe it happened. Maybe we were all secretly moved to a planet that was only 2% different. <laughs> Maybe it was the end of the world. <clears throat> Maybe the Guatemalans and the Mayans were right. I don't know. <clears throat> And remember, it was a couple weeks ago because they read the calendar wrong because the Gregorian calendar is all kind of screwed up. But maybe we were just moved to a new planet like a few weeks ago. (laughs) 
the sky was certainly different yesterday, as I mentioned to you guys. But today was a good day. You know, I got a, and um, one of the neighbors was going to go on over. <clears throat> he was going to go on over to the, um, there's a, a Catholic church, which sometimes you can hear in the background with the bells going off. And um, right next to the Catholic church, like across the street, there's like a church and a park. Across the street is a, um, a pizza place that sells Tex-Mex. <laughs> So Texas style tacos and burritos, but it's better than nothing. And I never ordered from them before, but today I ordered a pizza and my neighbor brought it to me. I'm like, that is so cool. Cause it's, he, we have this, um, group chat and everybody says what they're doing today. So I ordered cake from one lady and then this guy came by with pizza. I love the days I don't have to cook and it is Friday and Years ago, my kids and I had a thing that every single Friday we had pizza and we watched movies and we just relaxed together. So it was kind of cool that it's Friday and I got pizza and it kind of brought me back a little bit to that. So every time I open the door today, the the wolf dogs come running in, flop on the ground, (laughs) you know, just flop on the floor wherever. And, um, so it was kind of sweet today. They came and visited us like three times. I love those dogs. They're super cute. They come and knock on the door when they want to come in. But so life here in the <laughs> gated community in the country in Ecuador is pretty cool. It's been pretty cool for a few days. I, I like it. Woke up this morning after the timeline instant incident and I could not feel... No, I mean, I could feel my tongue, but I could not taste anything. And remember, guys, I just went out of the house, went all over town with, um, with Emilio, my, my landlady's brother, to pay the bills and stuff. And, oh, my gosh, I was so scared. I was like, oh, my God, I can't taste anything. Crap, maybe I've got coronavirus. I'm so worried. <clears throat> and as you know, I've been really congested. And my son's like, but can you smell? I'm like, I'm sure I can. Can you smell me? (laughs) You know, we always have to have that joke. And then he's like, but just try to smell something. So I smelled my shirt. I'm like, yeah, I smell the laundry soap. I'm good. Thank God. He's like, oh, okay. You're probably fine then. And about an hour later, my ability to taste things came back. I think my tongue was asleep. Can that happen? Like your foot falls asleep while you're asleep? I don't know. Maybe my tongue fell asleep and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't taste anything. Anyway, um, all right, I'm going to get to this because you know what? There was some really nice articles on space weather today. Spaceweather.com is the website if you want to check it out. And I highly recommend it, by the way, because the pictures of Comet Neowise are incredible. The solar wind speed right now is 421 kilometers per second. There are no sunspots. Aw, that little sunspot that was starting to form yesterday, it didn't make it. Oh, well. Six days now that are spotless. (laughs) No Dalmatians. (laughs) Ah, Six days without a sunspot. Ulu neutron counts coming out of uh, Finland today. 
says that in the past 48 hours, there has been no change. We're still at a high level, which is better than very high. We're getting some cosmic radiation, but it's not extremely high, not like it's been in past weeks. We're at 9.1% of the space age average today. So let's see, what do we normally look at on this website? Yes. Oh, and boy, I knew it. I just knew, I felt it. Every Friday we have a brand new coronal hole on the Earth's side of the sun that is sending us solar winds. Mm-mm-mm, today is no different. <laughs> Usually, though, it's, you know, hoisted out of the sun at us on Thursdays so that it reaches us on by Saturday and, and Sunday, on in through Monday usually. Right now, it says a solar wind flowing from this coronal hole could reach Earth on the 21st, I'm sorry, the 20th or the 21st. So let me see, that's in three days. Today's the 17th, so 18, 19, 20, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay, so Monday and Tuesday. Well, that's good. So we're going to have our weekends clear. You know, we don't have very high radiation coming from... Coming from just the regular cosmos and the and the solar wind's not going to reach us this weekend. We might actually have a clear energetic weekend. Gorgeous pictures. Oh my God, you guys. Just these super beautiful pictures over here. Of the skies. Steve. <laughs> the Aurora Borealis and Steve and the comet. I mean, these pictures... It looks beautiful and like also the end of the world at the same time. All right. Uh, We had 12 fireballs over the United States today, according to NASA and the All Sky Cameras and the All Sky Fireball Network. And out of those, 10 of them were sporadic. One was an Alpha Capricornid. One is a Northern June Aquid. So there you go. All right, you guys, I have some cool things to tell you. Okay, first of all, Comet Neowise news. (laughs) Really beautiful up-close picture. Well, obviously, telephoto zoom lens. Nobody got close to the comet. The synchronic bands of Comet Neowise. Comet Neowise is doing something something usually reserved for the great comets. It has now sprouted synchronic bands. Oh, so we just hopped a timeline, or, or had two timelines merge, I mean. Synchronous, that's, that, that means time. Yeah, I'm giving you a moment. We're going to take a beat and think about that. I, I, I'm planting a seed. We'll see where it sprouts, what you guys think about. So anyway, there's synchronic bands in the comet. I think the comet is affecting us somehow. I'm going to come out and say that, and again, <laughs> Extrapolate what you will from that. But also known as Stria, these bands divide the comet's dust tail into linear regions of greater and lesser density. And the phenomenon was captured on the 15th of July by Chris Cook of Cape Cod. Oh my God, say that five times fast. Chris Cook of Cape Cod. (laughs) Oh my God, it's like a tongue twister. (laughs) Chris Cook of Cape Cod. Caught captured comet Neowise. <laughs> oh my god, I sound drunk and I have not been drinking. I promise you. 
so this is really crazy anyway i'm not gonna read the rest of the article but you can go check it out if you want but these striations these are really really there's something else now it says that um yeah these these striations were called weird goings on (laughs) you guys were starting the weird news early but it's a um they're saying that there is let's see yeah, I'm not kidding. This is like really deep. I'm not going to get into it. I already got deep into something else with this introduction because this personality theory, it took me months to learn it and I can't give it all to you at one sitting, but please just don't, don't act like somebody you're not because if you change the way you communicate purposely, you're not going to be understood. That's basically my message. <clears throat> and now it's like, that. I know that stuff was deep, guys. I know it is. It's still on my mind. All right. Check this one out. <laughs> dogs can sense magnetic fields. Add dogs to the list of life forms that can use magnetic fields to navigate. What? <clears throat> this is crazy. New research summarized on t- in today's issue of Science Magazine shows that at least some hunting dogs take shortcuts along the north and south magnetic field lines, a strategy that helps them navigate unfamiliar terrain. This means that dogs may be sensitive to the disturbing effects of space weather. Wow. (laughs) I thought it was only birds that had that magnetic thing in their brain. They know where magnetic north is, not north-north, not our north. It's crazy, too, though, because, you know, remember, starting last year, we started reporting on that. The the magnetic north pole, it's it's like heading as fast as it possibly can towards Siberia. And all the airports had to paint their stripes on their runways in a different place. (laughs) Because north is moving so fast. Because it's magnetic north. And that's how not only now dogs and birds navigate, but also all our planes. Radar systems. And it's really wreaking havoc over here on the Atlantic side of South America. But we're not going to get into that now. Disclosurenews.it is reporting the Schumann residents for being 70 frequency. Did I say that yesterday? I want to make sure that's right because um, it just seems like maybe that's what it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, let me fix that. Sorry about that, guys. We'll see what it was. It was 70 yesterday. We'll see where it's at today. Only 23, so it went all the way down. Sorry about that. I, like, wait a minute. I didn't recognize that number from yesterday. Yeah, so the it's not very much, only 23 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale in Italy. But when, let's go see two days ago what it was in the heartmath.org because they've got different numbers, <laughs> quite a bit different. <clears throat> now, on Wednesday at the 2300 hour, about a day and a half ago, in California they were at 156 hertz frequency. Remember, baseline here is 7.83. In Hofuf, <clears throat> Saudi Arabia, 
They're back down to zero. They were up there for a while. Now they're back down to zero. Lithuania is seeing 150 hertz frequency right now. Well, two days ago. And Alberta, Canada was at 312 hertz frequency. In Northland, New Zealand, they're at 73 hertz frequency. Two days ago, of course. And in Hulului, last but not least, Hulului, South Africa, they were at 113 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. So that's that's kind of a lot, right? <clears throat> All right, checking how much time we got. We're good still. All right. I want to tell you guys really fast. The number 33 has come up a lot. And 44 and 11. And in varying, you know, 1133, 1144, 133, 144, you know, in all the variations possible. So those are the numbers coming up for me. I don't know what's coming up for you. Um, as far as a lot of the ascension symptoms today, overall, I feel pretty clear. I was very, very focused today. I was so focused that I finished my whole six week course for my TESOL certification. I finished it today, like an hour ago. I finished six weeks worth of work in five freaking days. I really need a break <laughs> doing the show early so I can kick it with my son, maybe watch movies early and kind of take the weekend off and start the second half of my TESOL certification course on Monday. It's a two-parter, so in order to get the certification, ugh, it's like so much, but okay. There you go. Um, we always go over A Course in Miracles, and today is no different. We have Lesson 336 to contemplate today. This is found at the Foundation for Inner Peace website at acim.org. And for those of you who are new, who aren't aware of what's going on, A Course in Miracles is basically Jesus <laughs> came back to express all the things that people got wrong and to unravel what religion, what 2,000 years of worth of religion have, have done to people. Basically, I mean, that's the way I understand it anyway. This woman sat down who didn't believe in God. She was raised Jewish, but was basically an atheist and a scientist, very intelligent woman, sat down to write the great American novel. <laughs> and what came out instead was A Course in Miracles, which in and of itself is a miracle. And it was freaky for her because she's not even remotely Christian, not even a little bit. <laughs> but she channeled Yeshua, and she had never channeled anyone before in her life. So that's where these lessons come from. Pretty crazy, right? Anyway, the lessons themselves will help you unravel what religion may have done to you. If you are resentful, this is going to take that out. If this is something that you need um, because of a religion, this will help you. But if you never really were religious, it's still going to help you. It's literally a course in miracles, and I've seen miracles happen in people's lives after they took this course. That's why we're reading the lessons, but it's 
not for me to read the whole thing to you. And if you're interested, there are apps that will take you through every single thing. And you can also buy these books used. There's three books and they always are sold together for about $60. You know, I knew, I think they're more expensive, like a hundred or 200 for the three books. They're huge. <laughs> they're really big. They're heavy, but they're worth every stinking penny. Even if they were like $500, they would be worth it for the information contained therein. So I do highly recommend you go and read the other book as well. And they might be on this website. I'm not sure I haven't looked because I'm just reading you guys the lesson. So here we go. Lesson 336. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. Forgiveness is the means appointed for perception's ending. Knowledge is restored after perception first is changed and then gives way entirely to what remains forever past its highest reach. For sights and sounds at best can serve but to recall the memory that lies beyond them all. Forgiveness sweeps away distortions and opens the hidden altar to the truth. Its lilies shine into the mind and call it to return and look within to find what it has vainly sought without. For here and only here is peace of mind restored. For this the dwelling place of God himself. In quiet may forgiveness wipe away my dreams of separation and of sin. Then let me, Father, look within and find your promise of my sinlessness is kept. Your word remains unchanged within my mind. Your love is still abiding in my heart. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. All right, there you go, guys. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we are going to get into it. We're going to look at all the earth changes around the planet right now, according to watchers.news. And then when we have some time at the end, or the second half of the second half, <laughs> technically the last fourth, but let's not do math right now. <laughs> I'm going to summon up some weird, strange, and odd tales. So you can either have a super fun Friday night or your Monday drive time is going to be a lot more interesting. We're going to pray for all the people that need it in the world based on the news reports today. I call this my spiritual news report, but technically it's the Earth Changes report and the weekly world news. Weekly world weird news. 
<laughs> coming right up right after these short messages. It's that time of year, guys. Finally. OMG. I am up for not only one, but two People's Choice Podcast Awards this year. I had no idea. I just found out. Okay, the voting starts today, July 1st, and goes through the 31st of July. And I need you guys to nominate my podcast. This is how you do it. Go to podcastawards.com and you have to sign up in order to nominate me, in order to vote, and you have to go to the very first category at the top, and it's the Adam Curry's People's Choice Podcast Award. And I'm way down on the list because, you know, M, Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast and you just click that and then when you're done with that section you go to the religion and spirituality category and again cast your vote for metaphysical soul speak the podcast and then you have to go way at the bottom at the bottom part of the page and say save my nominations and that's it it's that simple it takes less than two minutes, probably one minute. If you have high speed internet, of course, it's not that much. You can even do this on your phone. It's super, super simple. I voted for myself on my tablet. OMG. (laughs) So thank you for your continued support and listenership and voting for this show, because by doing so you're keeping the show alive And we're getting the word out so that other people can benefit from my expertise. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Be 
going to jump right into it. I'm on the website watchers.news and they like to report earth changes. This is not normal news. We're not talking about the protest, the riots and coronavirus and all that. We're talking about the earth changes. What's actually happening to Gaia, our planet herself? And also, where do we put our tension and focus as far as healing the people in these regions that are suffering as a result of the earth changes taking place? And of course, always and always and always, I do advocate saying prayers for all of the peaceful protesters in the Black Lives Matter movement because black lives do and always will matter. All right, so let's get down to it, guys. All right. Seismologists find slow earthquakes in Cascadia predictable. Uh, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> A slow earthquake. Maybe those are the rumbling ones that just kind of shake gently. I've been in all the different kinds of earthquakes. I saw cracks in my bathroom here where I live from when there was an 8.8 in Peru. <laughs> it's only about four or five hours by bus. Maybe about five hours by bus from where I live right now, where that earthquake was. But <laughs> it, it ruined everyone's property. I mean, here in Ecuador, 
I feel really bad for the people that actually lived right there on the epicenter. I bet they are still, every time there's a little bit of a jolt, they probably jolt themselves, you know, they probably go, oh no, ah, <sighs> PTSD is real, man, especially when it comes to earthquakes. But I don't know what this means. Seismologists find slow earthquakes in Cascadia predictable. So I'm not going to really read this one. If we have time and I have the interest, I'll go back to it. But watchers.news, in case you find that super, super fascinating. Um, I don't know, Cascadia, where is that? I want to say that's in Oregon, the Cascadia, Cascadia Mountains, or Cascadian Mountain Range. I don't know if that's where they mean or not. All right, let's just go on to the next one. Uh, that was from July 11th, by the way. So on the 13th, they said, scientists measure structure of a nor of enormous solar flare. I think I heard about this just in passing, that massive flare that just left. I mean, that's the one that's causing right now. In We had magnetic anomalies in our magnetosphere. We had Aurora Borealis, and we also had Steve, that really strange phenomenon where there's like big purple things shooting up from looks like the ground to mid-sky. And then right next to that is a green picket fence in the sky. I mean, some of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Um, you got to go to spaceweather.com to see pictures of this stuff right now. Purple and green, plus the comet, <laughs> plus the green aurora borealis, I mean, and purple. It's just, I don't know. There's some strange stuff. The space weather really does affect our planet, by the way, guys, and... They have started to put the dots together. They're connecting the dots. And they're noticing the greater picture is that volcanoes and earthquakes could possibly be affected by all the cosmic radiation and crap coming in, especially when the coronal mass ejections come from the sun and especially when we get hit with the solar winds. All these things can possibly affect us on levels and ways and means we did not previously know. So it's interesting and good that they're now studying the structure of the solar flares. They, they got good pictures of it. Probably um, the, the picture I'm looking at, it's like the solar flare itself looks white and purple. So I think it's like... Um, they're, they're studying it through different lenses to see exactly what's going on there. All right, the next, re- the next report is big glaciers repeatedly represent in major mountain areas along the Mediterranean during the Pleistocene era. So maybe I'm reading the word present wrong. Blig, blig. <laughs> Definitely reading that wrong. <laughs> Let me try that again. Okay big glaciers repeatedly present in major mountain areas along the Mediterranean during the Pleistocene era. Okay. All right. So big glaciers being the giant like land icebergs, basically. So, wow. So in the Mediterranean, I can't even imagine that. 
during the Pleistocene era, and I don't have my eras memorized, so you might have to look it up if you have interest in that. So, so far, no one to pray for, but oh, oh, spoke too soon. At least 70 people have been killed as heavy monsoon rains hit Assam, India. So let's send some sunshine, happiness, and love to the people of India because that's rough. The monsoon monsoon rains are only, well, they're good for a couple things. They, obviously, they water the crops. The monsoon winds can weather coffee nicely. If you've never had Sumatra monsooned coffee, oh my God, go get some immediately. Go to Trader Joe's. Maybe you can order it online. Don't go out in this pandemic. All right, so the next one is heavy rain triggers dam collapse, sweeping away several buildings in Ruza City, Russia. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, yet we can't have that. (laughs) I don't like that at all. Oh, I'm so sorry for the people in Russia that had to deal with that. Let's send them some love and sunshine as well. One of the worst rainfall seasons on record hits China. And massive flooding has affected 38 million people. Oh my God. All right, let's send a lot of love and light to China. You know, I wanted to tell you guys something. My my new one of my new friends on Instagram he's a teenage boy I'm not going to say his name because of what I'm about to tell you it's uh, slightly sensitive I guess Um, he learned how to make energy balls this week he found an article found I think a YouTube video and he made uh, an energy ball and he he wrote to me and he goes okay so I made this energy ball and it's in my hand and I don't know what to do now. What do I do with the energy ball? I told him, put love and light into it and throw it at your father's head like a snowball. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Because his dad is very, very, very much asleep. <laughs> Spiritually unaware, unawake. And all of a sudden this, this week, his dad said, you know, I'm beginning to think we can't really trust the government. this is the most enlightened thing his father's ever said in his whole life (laughs) and I'm like oh my god it's working send another fire not fireball no 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 not that I'm like send another energy ball to his head you know just put that enlightenment energy in me maybe what if we just started imagining we piled up a bunch of energy balls like snowballs we started throwing these at people who are asleep when they're not looking of course because a, we're going to look insane throwing things they can't see at them. But what if we did it with love and, and fun playfulness? It was just a cool thought I had. Okay. <laughs> so it would be pretty crazy, right? And he said something else. He said, now my dad has been unusually nice this week. I don't know if I should trust it or not, though. Because his dad's usually kind of mean. <laughs> mean and he's very, very awa- uh, unaware. And now he's being nice and he's happy. And he says he can't trust the government. Huh? (laughs) There's something to this energy ball thing. I'm telling you. All right. All right. So our next 
our next story is a large rock slope failure develops in central Otago in New Zealand. So yeah, it looks like the side of a mountain is starting to just go on, slide on down. I don't, it looks like there's, it's a non-populated area, so I don't know if there's any prayers necessary, but, ah, New Zealand. All right. Someday, maybe I will go visit that beautiful country and go find out where they filmed all the Hobbit movies. I really would love to go inside that one house. You know, the one, the round door. (laughs) Those movies drive me crazy, not in a good way. I just... I'm literally like halfway into the third movie and I had to stop like two months ago. They still didn't get to the freaking Mordor. Like, really? Jeez, it's just, ah, get to the stupid mountain already. Okay, moving right along along with our news. Tasman, Tasman, I guess that's in Tasmania. Low, a Tasman low brings disruptive snowfall to the snowy mountains and high waves to New South Wales and I think that's New Zealand coastline coastline or is it New South Wales Australia ah damn it I don't know NSW it says I'm trying to interpret this all right let's bring them sunshine to the NSW coastline to in Tasman you know what, honestly, that could just mean, I, I don't even know. I'm going to move along from that. High level volcanic activity continues in Nishinoshima, Japan. Nishinoshima, Japan. Wow. High level volcanic activity. Wow. I don't even know what to do about that. Just send the people... The energy of being safe. You don't want anyone to be near that. If it's going into the ocean, it turns into hydrochloric acid. That's not safe. You know, lava plus seawater, not a good idea. I think it's because of the salt content in the water. All right. Icebergs float through flooded roads. Oh my God. After unprecedented hailstorm. In Giumri, Armenia. Well, we haven't heard about Armenia in a long time. Icebergs float through flooded roads after unprecedented hailstorm that hit Giumri, Armenia. That's crazy. Can you imagine an iceberg just floating through the road? You think it's a truck because it's so big and white. Then you then you really look at it and you're like, wait a minute. It's an iceberg. What the actual heck? All right, so I guess we'll send them sunshine and warmth energy in to Armenia. Armenian people are very sweet. I've met a few. Not I don't know all of them, obviously. I've known a lot of Armenians in my life, and, and I really thought they were all very special people. Very sweet. More than a month's worth of rain in 24 hours has hit South Korea and it caused deadly flooding. Oh, wow. We're sending them love and light right now. I've got a friend over there in South. In fact, I know, I I know two people that I met in Peru that were from South Korea, but one of them didn't really want to talk to me too much. I think he was shy of the language, but 
his friend wanted to practice English and so he's like one of my good friends now and he's very sweet and he has invited me someday to go to South Korea which I definitely want to because it sounds like such a fun place to be <laughs> the way he made it sound anyway in South Korea they're so polite that if you're hungry and you're in a restaurant and they give you a plate of food and you're not full they have to give you another plate of food they will ask you are you okay are you satisfied and if you say no they'll give you another plate of food and some people that eat a lot will like save up and not eat all day just to go to restaurants and make the owners angry because you have to you get as much to drink and as much to eat until you're full for the price of one meal unbelievable right how sweet I probably shouldn't have said that out loud now <laughs> you know for all the food eating champions out there <laughs> but I thought that was a very strange thing and he said there's a kind of drink that's very alcoholic it's very strong and um, they drink until they don't see anymore or something he said something crazy like that yeah we just drink till we're blind and then we wake up the next day and then it's a terrible day the next day, but we do this every every uh, summer <laughs> on the weekends. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like too much fun. He's like, but it's so much fun because then they, I guess they listen to K-pop, which is amazing, and I love K-pop, so interesting. <laughs> anyway, let's send some love to South Korea because deadly flooding, that does not sound good to me. You know, and they say more than, in fact, I'm going to go more than a month's worth of rain. Like, what does that mean? And what do they mean by deadly? How many people died? We need to send some love to the families. Said several people, but they don't say how many. 11 inches of rain in 24 hours. It's more than the the average rainfall um, in for the entire month of July. They usually get 9.5 inches for the whole month, and now they got 11 inches in 24 hours. So, lots of rain. Oh my God. So, in North Geola Province and Gyoji in South Gyeongsang, I am not saying this correctly. A farmer and an excavator engineer lost their lives after being swept away by flash flooding. See, that's the biggest problem is flash flooding. I mean, that could come out of nowhere. It happens in the United States in some parts, too. It's really scary stuff. The, uh, the men were about 50 years old. Or two men around 50 years old were rescued after they fell into a river while they were fishing. So, huh. A lot of homes damaged. Um, wow. Let's send our love and light and sunshine warmth energy to South Korea. All right. Meteorites recovered in Chiba weeks after fireball exploded over Tokyo, Japan. I'm going to go to that one because I keep thinking that Chiba really means China, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it doesn't really say. A female resident of the condominium said she woke up after hearing a loud noise. Many residents in Tokyo reported hearing a sonic boom after the explosion. Then she discovered a rock fragment in the common corridor just outside her room later that morning. An impact mark on the handrail of the corridor led to the discovery in the second place in the I mean of a second piece in the courtyard courtyard oh my goodness courtyard (laughs) 
a couple of days later, which had turned brown due to rust after it was exposed to the rain. Wow. So there's pictures of these, these just meteors that came through. Can you imagine? The museum there analyzed the objects and detected isotopes of aluminum, sodium, and manganese. And as some isotopes have a half-life of only a few days, the museum was able to confirm that the rocks were from a recent meteor. Wow. They named the largest meteorite Narashino and will be submitted for registration with the Meteoritical Society. It will be the 53rd meteorite from Japan if it is accepted. And two years ago, a meteorite landed on private property in Komaki, Aichi Prefecture. So that's very interesting. Super interesting. I would love to find a meteorite. Those are very worth like very much money. I think it's the manganese, but which is funny because you could buy a supplement mang- manganese from like you know Puritan's Pride, Puritan.com. It's a excellent vitamin company. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they might be the suppliers for other vitamin companies. This that's just repackaged and relabeled, but it's the same vitamins. They're very excellent. So okay, um, here we go. Now we're up to page one already. So, all right. Um, Weather system behind record-breaking catastrophic rainfalls in Japan and China have been explained. If you want that explanation, I'm not going to give it to you. (laughs) Sorry, but you can go to watchers.news and figure it out for yourself if you want to read this article. There was a seven-point Oh, earthquake that hit Papua New Guinea this week also 7.0 I don't know what to do about that one because the earthquake itself is over let's just send love and light to the people who might be suffering possibly from aftershock shock <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder dude it's real if you also want to send love and light to China. I can't remember if I said that. Please send a lot of sunshine and warm energy to China. China and Japan. Floods and landslides have hit so wrong, leaving four people dead and hundreds of cars stranded in West Papua, Indonesia. I wonder if that's related to Papua New Guinea now that I'm thinking about it. All right, so floods and landslides, that, man, that's rough. Let's send some love and light over to Indonesia. Let's send them some good sunshine and imagine the people are happy because all the cleanup is over, you know, that it went by in record time because that's hard. Record cold temperatures have now hit Rio Grande do Sul and Santa Catarina in Brazil record cold in Brazil. Wow. So let's send them some sunshine as well. Strong and a shallow earthquake has hit off the coast of Andaman and Nicobar Islands in India. 
So I don't know if there's anyone out there, but let's just send them love and light in case. And let's send sunshine to Brazil. More than 3.5 million people have been affected as flood situation has continued to deteriorate in Assam, India. Now, this is a continuing story. I think from the last two weeks, actually. I think last week and the week before. Three and a half million people have been affected because of the flood in India, in Assam. So please, let's send them a lot of sunshine and a lot of emotional support. In fact, let's send emotional support to the whole wide world. I think um, that's necessary right now. Now, earlier I did read something... I don't know. Um, yeah, here it is. It, it's not a headline official on this website, and I don't know why. But record snow and freezing temperatures did hit parts of South America. Now, this hit in um, south of me, like way, way far south, below Peru, actually, down in Argentina and over in Chile chilly of course cold it does snow there normally and they do have ski resorts there i did not know this until which makes sense hello andy's mountains these are incredible mountains of course there's going to be ski (laughs) skiing i didn't even consider that but in chile they got five feet of snow already in the season and it just started like a week ago but in Argentina, they got 13 feet of snow. I could not believe that. That's so much snow in like a week. 13 feet. I, I mean, I remember getting like five or six feet of snow up in um, north of Paradise, California. We got like, no, I, I'm sorry, it wasn't even six feet of snow. It was like four feet of snow. And then it drifted up to six feet. We got like three and a half to four feet of snow overnight. Like 20 years ago, I remember that. My kid was a baby, and I had to go over to the neighbors and ask if I could ride with her in her 4x4 to go get groceries. Because it came overnight, we didn't expect it. We, we thought a little bit of snow. You know, my, my husband parked the car up on the road. Otherwise, we wouldn't get it out for three weeks till the snow melted. And it was so much snow, and they never blew off our... With the snow blowers, they never took the snow off our street, because... We weren't important enough or something. I don't know. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, you just, you're never going to get out not until it melts. Because you can't dig out the whole street. <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean, I can't imagine 13 feet of snow in a week. That's incredible. Because the drifting, you know, with the wind, it, I mean, you could drift up to 20 feet. <laughs> it's like a wall of snow. So, um, NOAA issues La Nina watch up to 55% chance of development during the fall persisting through winter. I think what well, El Nino is the one that we don't like. La Nina, I think is okay. Might be, she might have strong winds, but she's not as devastating as El Nino. Now, um, study finds correlation between solar activity and large earthquakes worldwide, which I mentioned to you guys. I knew that before I read this. (laughs) Um, 
Southern Norway has entered July with a record 32 feet of snow. Oh my God. Well, ding, 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 ding for the Norwegians because they're the winners for the week, I think. The world's largest dam is in danger of collapse amid historic floods and 400 million people are at risk in China. Oh my God. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Let's send love and light to all these places I mentioned. By the way, Norway, South America, and China. So, yeah, that's the last story for uh, this. I'm going to pause this and we're going to go into weird and odd and strange news in a second. But 400 million people at risk in China. I don't want... I mean, obviously, I don't want anything bad to happen there. But I don't know if you guys remember that last year when I was channeling God, he said that there was going to be massive deaths in Africa and Asia. And I think I was, I think I didn't really know why or of what, but... He said that, like, what, a a lot when I was channeling God last year. Now, things can change, and we might be on a different timeline, and maybe none of that's real anymore. But when I hear these stories, I I just can't help but think, wait a minute, God did say that a lot of people are going to die from Asia and, and specifically China, and also Africa. And in Africa, we haven't heard about the locusts for a while, but remember, for a couple weeks, it was nothing but swarm after swarm after swarm of locusts. It was like biblical, (laughs) you know, and now in China with this potential 400 million people might be at risk. I hope to God not. I hope that they're going to be okay, but let's send them some love and light and protection for all the people. You know, um, that's just really scary. (sighs) I mean, Is this going to be another karma convention? I I don't know. (laughs) All right, I'm going to pause this for a minute and just send some light over to China and all these countries I mentioned. And then we're going to get into the weird news for the night (laughs) right after. Well, I'm going to pause it. So for you, it won't be any time. For me, it'll be a few minutes. All right, guys, we're going to start with a story that I know Anne Hillsborough, the author, (laughs) is going to absolutely love. Oh my gosh. Um, This is a really strange one. Okay, this is from The Guardian. Space oddity. (laughs) Mexican group claims that an alien base is offering hurricane protection. (laughs) You heard that right. I know you're like, what? Gulf cities, Gulf Coast cities have little to fear from extreme weather thanks apparently to extraterrestrials lurking underwater. This is Cody Copeland in Mexico City. (laughs) As communities on Mexico's Gulf Coast brace themselves for what's predicted to be a grueling hurricane season, a group of stargazers in the northeastern state of Tamaulipas are confident that a unique form of disaster preparation will keep their city safe. 
members of the Association of Scientific UFO Research of Tamaulipas or Aikot believe that an interdimensional underwater base of extraterrestrial origin. <sighs> I'm saying that again so we can wrap our minds around that one. An interdimensional underwater base of extraterrestrial origin has protected the coastal cities of Suedad Madero and Tampico from hurricanes for more than 50 years. ICOT's president, Juan Carlos Ramon Lopez Diaz, claims to have visited the base, known as Amupac, via astral projection, which he says he induced through meditation and a pescatarian diet. It's also recommendable to ascend ancestral constructions like temples and pyramids that have stairs at a 45 degree angle, he says. Hills sloping at such a gradient will also do if one does not live near pre-Columbian ruins. Suidad Madero suffered four direct landfalls in the 20th century, including Hurricane Inez in 1966, which killed 74 people in Mexico alone. Lopez and his allies believe that the base was established sometime after that. Explanations of exactly how and why the alien visitors are protecting Suidad Madero vary. Even among fellow investigators, Lopez believes it's not Amupac itself, but the esoteric power of ICOT members' belief in the base. The collective mind is charged with this concept, so it generates a large force field of repulsion, he said. There's also talk of magnetic fields and a series of meter-long bars of an aluminum, iron, and copper alloy secretly buried in the seafloor near Miramar Beach at the suggestion of the visitors over four decades ago. Well, that's interesting. There might be something to that. Iron and copper and aluminum. Hmm. Others claim that the aliens are only interested in protecting their base, and Suidad Madero is just lucky they took a liking to this small corner of the galaxy. This theory fails to explain, however, what threat a terrestrial weather event might, pro might pose to a structure with no form in our physical dimension. Still others simply accept the apparently inexplicable said Marco Flores, the former official historian of Tampico. If science gives us no explanation, we'll get one from magic, he said. Fantasy is always more attractive than reality. That is very interesting. Now, there's more to the story if you want to go read it on The Guardian, but we've got other things that we need to... Uh, read. <laughs> I'm going to read to you guys a couple real strange headlines, but this first one we're going to, we're going to read this one. It's another UFO one. So Anne's going to be in her happy place right now. <laughs> um, a dog walker runs away from a UFO crash site in the woods 
after hearing weird sounds. Ben Landricombe raced back to his camper van alongside his dog when he was disturbed, having stumbled across a long column of flattened trees in some woodland over Medon in Devon. This is in England, of course. This is from the mirror, by the way. So, he thinks that this was caused by a UFO when he discovered this area of flat trees. He took photos of the compressed vegetation, and then he heard some weird sounds, and he ran over to his camper van. That's pretty much all it says. Oh, here we go. Maybe if I keep scrolling down, it'll say more after the all the advertisements. Um, so he was out camping, basically. Wow. Yeah, it looks like something's going on. This part, all these trees. I don't know if I would say aliens necessarily, but... He says there was no indication as to why the trees were pulled down, but he said they were snapped at the top. And that was what I thought was strange. Well, you know, trees get snapped at the top by Bigfoot, by Sasquatch. I'm just saying. He says, we took the dog for a walk and it felt eerie. And we walked about a mile and we came across this. We took the pictures and felt someone was watching us. We heard weird sounds and we had to run back to the camper. I would too. This is really strange. These pictures are pretty crazy. He says there was something strange about this place. He said he won't be going back because it was too spooky and he recalled hearing screams. Speaking on the video, he could be heard saying, something has definitely crashed here. Look at this. Boom. Weird. Massive gap in the woods. All the trees bent. Trees fallen over. Massive hole in the woods. Aliens. <laughs> Medon near Bideford is known for its beautiful nature reserve owned by the Heartland Parish Council. So that one's just weird, right? A lot of weird ones today. Okay, here's a fun one. House without indoor toilet and ceiling is propped up with a cabinet is on sale in the UK for 450 pounds. Um, sounds like 450 pounds or 450,000 pounds. I'm sorry, 450,000 pounds is what it's on sale for. But it sounds like to me 450,000 pounds of Blarney. <laughs> I would not buy that. All right. A woman who saved an angry dog from the road was warned by her neighbors that it's a fox. But it's neither. Wait, what? It's not a dog and it's not a fox. What do you guys think it is? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I don't think it's a wolf. I think it's like a coyote. So earlier this week, a woman took to Facebook claiming she found a dog on the side of the road in Omagh, Northern Ireland. She shared a snap of the creature, describing him as snappy and angry. <laughs> the woman named Melissa Kim went on to say that she had taken the animal home with her, but he was being rather wicked, and she hoped to find his owner soon, according to her report on Belfast Live. <laughs> she wrote, Dog found no collar, found this poor dog eating a dead rabbit on the side of the Dublin Road in Omar. He's a little snappy and angry, struggled getting him into my car, and I think he's a kind of a husky mix. 
He's in my kitchen now and he's quite wicked. Please share this so we can find his owners. <laughs> I'm looking at this animal, guys. This is not a dog. <laughs> People who saw the post were quick to warn the woman that she wasn't uh, sharing a picture of a dog, but rather it's a fox. They urged her to get it out of the house as soon as she could. <laughs> Melissa responded to some of the comments saying she was kind of scared and she can't believe that she had gotten it so wrong. Her mistake was shared on Twitter far and wide. Someone said, I really wish this was a joke, but genuinely, I think that you have kidnapped. <laughs> this poor woman has kidnapped a fox. <laughs> and the tweet has gotten 44,000 likes, of course. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, this isn't a fox. Um, I'm looking at this. It says, but it turns out there's much more to the viral post than meets the eye. After garnering so much attention, Melissa admitted she hadn't really taken in a wild animal. It was just meant to be a joke. She said, if it was a wee wind-up that I didn't see getting so much attention. I genuinely thought people would know it was a joke. I saw an old story circulated years ago about a coyote presenting itself as an injured dog. So I took that photo and though I thought I'd add a little bit of a humor to the story. <laughs> so she knew what it was and it was just, it was a coyote. Yeah. It looks like a coyote to me. Melissa's prank got even got the better of some of her closest pals who believe she really had taken the animal home. <laughs> oh my God. Now there's that Irish sense of humor. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is fun. A man who is wearing a shed on his head says, leave me alone when I go to the shops. <laughs> <coughs> this, this is crazy. This, this is genuinely, well, this is absolutely crazy. So we're going to, of course, we're going to read it. Because we like the weird news for Fridays. As far as face covering goes, a man wearing a shed on his head is one of the most bizarre looks you'll likely come across when you pop out to the shops. But for the man who calls himself Michael Shedworth, <laughs> oh no, oh no. Oh God, that's even his name, Shedworth. This miniature garden structure is not a response to the coronavirus pandemic, but a way of life. Oh my God. Mr. Shedworth made headlines at the start of lockdown after shoppers at I, at Aldi. Oh, I love Aldi stores. I think they got in trouble for something recently, but I used to shop there in Detroit. Anyway, after shoppers at Aldi in Bristol photographed and filmed him queuing to get in doing his shopping and paying at the checkout. Now you guys, you have to understand what the hell? <laughs> yes, his picture on the beer. The glare of the cameras is nothing new for the local celebrity who previously drew attention when he strolled through the city with a shed on his head, playing loud techno music, flashing disco lights and spouting flames from the chimney. He literally looks like he has a log cabin on his head, guys. It's not just a hat on top of his head, but it covers his whole, like it's resting on his shoulders. It's, it's covering, he's a shed head. <laughs> His last name is Shedworth. 
Um, he uploaded a video for being turned away from a job while wearing a shed on his head. He has proved to be an elusive person. He kept his identity a secret, but he's now agreed to do his first energy interview. Sorry, speaking to the Big Jubba's Yak Shack Music Podcast, Mr. Shedworth baffled host Jacob Kunzler Beert by conducting the interview, insisting the shed is actually his head. <laughs> Both of his parents are sheds, and the structure grew naturally as a part of his body. <laughs> I feel like I need to make it clear I'm not just some kind of attention seeker trying to live out some weird alternate reality. He said, this is my life. (laughs) Oh my God. He told the podcast a small bump began to grow on the apex of his roof when he was 13 that developed into a chimney and he began to get a glossy coat on the exterior of the shed, which just happens with the shed's journey into adulthood. (laughs) Mr. Shedworth claims the music which blares from the shed is something internal that comes out of me and brings a lot of unwanted attention. (laughs) He also says he had a run once with a council official after falling asleep in a Bristol park. Oh my God, he's in Bristol. Are you kidding me right now? Who told him he needed planning permission to be there (laughs) There's a picture of him with the shed on his head and his his arms up in the air like he's dancing and a bunch of fire shooting out of the chimney at the ceiling of his actual house. Oh my god. The shed-headed celeb says it's one example of the unwanted attention he is forced to tolerate. It's not helpful to be recognized in the street as a famous face around town, he said. I want to be able to go into Aldi in in peace and buy my bread and my wonky mushrooms and some wood preservative without being ogled and people badgering me in the queue and trying to take their selfies with me. A lot of this media attention, although it's well-meaning, it's, well, unwelcome, ultimately. I don't walk around Bristol with a shed on my head. I walk around Bristol and that's it. These people just can't look past the shed sometimes. He added, I hope your listeners have learned a bit and will keep away from me (laughs) when they see me in the street and not to talk to me or bother me and just bugger off already. I really don't like humans much, to be honest. (laughs) This is like, you guys have got to see this picture. Oh my God, this is on the mirror.co.uk. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad I read that one. That was hilarious. Um, a woman has quit her job to earn six figures a month acting as a dog on a TV show called OnlyFans. I think it might be on YouTube. Um, I'm not going to read that, but it's under the category sex fantasies if you want to read that. Um, let's see. Ben and Jerry's have shared their iconic cookie dough recipe, and if you want to try it, it's on mirror.co.uk. Um, horoscope fans with star sign tattoos have been left livid <laughs> after NASA has changed the dates. 
So, I, I don't want to go into the story quite yet, but NASA has looked at the calendar and looked at the signs and discovered that what we think are our planets and our astrology, we're usually, we are all one sign before our sign. So I being very, very Virgo, I'm actually born in Leo, according to NASA. Even though my personality fits Virgo, I do look like a Leo. I do. I, I will give, uh, yeah, I will give them that. But so whatever your sign is, you're the sign before it. And a lot of people are really mad about this finding this discovery from NASA. If you want to read the explanation, um, it's on mirror.co.uk, but there's a lot of other places where this story has broken. Um, there's a bizarre fish pictured with eerily human-like teeth that was caught by an angler in Malaysia. Oh my God. This, this fish, it looks like a human mouth, like with, with pink lipstick. I mean, this is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. And I know this was on Coast Coast AM as well. This is really freaky, this fish. I, do you guys remember Annoying Orange? This is like Annoying Fish. (laughs) It is so, so strange. I just, we may come back to that one, but you have to see the picture. It's just, the story doesn't work without the picture. You got to look at it. Teenagers (laughs) are using face masks to dress up as old people and buy alcohol now. (laughs) Of course that was going to happen. Oh, snap. You're stuck in a global pandemic and you have to wear a face mask for what seems like the rest of your life. I mean, when you're a teenager and you're told to do something for like an hour, it seems like a freaking week. And can you imagine? It's been four months. To teenagers, that's like half their damn life, right? Because your time perception is off. And everybody's perception for everything is off lately in the past three years. I mean, and time has been speeding up and then slowing down and it just depends. But this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy stuff. But teenagers are using face masks to dress up like old people and buy alcohol. So they're probably like acting all daughtery and oh my God, I can't. Oh, I just can't even with that. That is awesome. I would do that too if I was 14 and stuck inside during a global pandemic. I'd be like, I need to go buy some alcohol. (laughs) So, let's see. Um, This one's weird. A mom's disbelief as her five-year-old son explains why he stuck a marble up his bum. What the actual hell? (laughs) Um, I'm going to see what this one is. Every parent knows the feeling of dread when their kids are suspiciously quiet and you know that they're getting up to something mischievous. Well, that's exactly how this mom felt when her son told her he stuck his favorite marble up his bum. Oh my goodness. In a video shared to TikTok, Brittany McKillop joked how this was something only a mom of boys will understand. Last year, I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. My five-year-old comes 
out looking really worried and walking really funny. <laughs> After she cut the call, her son told her that he had lost his marble. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, she started searching the house for the missing marble. So I asked him, where's the last place you had it? And he went, up my bum. <laughs> so Brittany tried to remove the marble herself using Vaseline and gloves, but with no luck. Brittany continued, I had a look and I I had a look and I couldn't find anything. So I was like, oh shit, we're going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> and while they were sat waiting in the hospital, she asked her son, why on earth? He decided to put the marble up there. And he says, mom, I wanted to keep it safe. <laughs> At which point she says, Err, it's not a pocket. <laughs> Thankfully, the doctors were able to remove the marble without any trouble. Oh my god. She, and so Brittany concluded, we, we get into the x-ray room and he pulls his pants down and as he bends over, out comes a green marble bouncing across the room. <laughs> Her TikTok video has been liked 300,000 times and has received over 3,500 comments from people who found the ordeal hilarious. Said it's definitely a story that can embarrass her son for his whole life. (laughs) One person said, please keep this story for his 21st, adding three laughing emojis for good measure. Another person said, that's a story to tell his future girlfriend or boyfriend. Yes, I agree. And a third joked, thanks for reminding me to take my birth control. <laughs> to which Brittany replied saying, your comment is two days old. Please watch the video again for your daily dose of contraception. <laughs> oh my God. So there we go. Right, let me check how much time we got left on this thing here. All right, just maybe one more story, guys. We'll find one more funny one here. Um, I'm not going to read this story, but here's the headline. Newsreader catches a tooth as it falls out live on air, and she continues without a pause. (laughs) That's crazy. That that sounds awesome. Um, A thug in a unicorn onesie swipes buckfist as woman spits in the shopkeeper's face. I don't really want to see that, but that sounds... Can you a thug in a unicorn onesie? This is crazy. Looks like he's... So he's stealing something as... As someone was... So that shopkeeper just had a really shite day, didn't he? Um... Alright, this one's strange. Well, here's a funny one. Golden Retriever is given a new toy. And she cannot hide how much she hates it. What? She hates the new toy. What? Alright, mortified mom confused. As a postman smirks at her before handing over a parcel. Oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it looks like she tried to order something. Oh no. 
why I can't even read this one on the air, actually. Yeah, I can't even read this one on the air, actually. Basically, she ordered a sex toy. <laughs> I'm not going to even tell you what it says. This is too much. Even for me, guys, I, that one, I can't cross the line with that. So... Yeah, there it is. A woman is forced to confirm that she's not dying after a birthday tweet went viral. Oops. <laughs> um, this will end on a, on a sweet note. This one looks sweet. Uh, all right. A postie's unexpected note for a couple struggling to choose color for their front door. Lizzie and Martin from Nottingham has been go- have been going back and forth trying to decide which color to paint their front door when their postie left them a note which changed everything. He says, so a, st- a couple struggling to choose, they received unexpected advice from their postman while trying to choose a color. So Lizzie Pucklington, 26, and her boyfriend Martin from Nottingham, I guess he doesn't have a last name. <laughs> They spent more than a month trying to decide what color would look best up on the front door. And like any do-it-yourselfer would, Lizzie painted a few potential shades in varying places on the door to see which one she liked best. But thanks to her helpful postie, and I think they mean postman by this, their decision was made for them. Clearly seeing the trouble the homeowners were having, the friendly woman posted them a note through their letterbox offering the suggestion on which color they should pick. She says, the second green up from the bottom of the door looks best with a smiley face. (laughs) And, well, there it is. Uh, She'd already spent 72 pounds, though, on a browner color. And I don't think she went with that, what the postie had told her. But, cute story. I mean, you know, she... (laughs) Just so you know, I like this one here. Okay. Very sweet. Yeah, I just, that sex toy one though. Can you imagine a postman? Like, you you open the door and you've ordered something naughty and you don't want anyone to know. And the postman knows. <laughs> because they're not supposed to label the package. Oh my god. <sighs> Alright, here's here's just a word, word of caution. If you're going to buy a sex toy... Go to the local sex toy store. We're all wearing masks right now anyway. No one's going to know it's you. <laughs> oh my God. I, I Some people are so strange, but okay. Not going to get into judgments there, but yeah. Well, that's it for the, that's it for the week, guys. I wanted to say thank you for your nominations. A lot of you have nominated... Me for the People's Choice uh, Podcast Award, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your continued confidence and faith in me, and I want to let you know that I do love you. I love you very much. I'm thankful that you're here every night listening to my show, or day. Some of you use the show for a drive time, pastime, and I love that. So no matter how you uh, listen to the show, in what capacity, I'm just glad you're here. So I hope you have a lovely weekend or, well, or week if it is indeed Monday when you're listening to this. 
But that's it. I'll be back Monday with all unique and original programming, just like always. But for now, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys. Peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.